Hi, everybody. Did you miss me? How you doing? I've been on vacation. I've been out. I've been seeing the world. Yes, I have, including this part of the world. Uh, welcome, everyone. My name is Luke Thomas, and this is my UFC 228 post-fight special. I hope you're doing well. I know this channel is nearly defunct, but I'm bringing it back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so thank you so much for joining me. Now, if you don't want spoilers, now is your time to go away. In five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Here's how this is going to work. I'm going to give you some spoilers. So I'm going to talk about tonight's fights. Um, if you look below, you can follow me on Twitter. But if you want to get a question asked, you do it right there. You donate in the super chat, and I'll get to your questions um, at the end. Not going to go for the full hour. Well, I, I say I'm not going to go for a full hour, but I might. I'll probably go something like, uh, I don't know, 30 to 45 minutes. Um, yeah, it'll be good. Please like the video and subscribe to the channel below. I really appreciate that when you do. Um, I want to say that this video is brought to you by the Beta Academy in Washington, D.C. It's at the corner of 14th and Florida Northwest. Looking for a place to train? You can go there when I'm not traveling. That is where I go. Um, it's a great facility. And uh, yeah, also, by the way, tune in on Monday noon on MMA Fighting for the MMA Hour. Um, we're going to have a bunch of good guests. I just locked in Eddie Bravo, so that should be kind of fun, right? We've got some other ones, too. Uh, Nico Montano is going to be on, and um, and some other ones, too. So that should be a lot of fun. So, without further ado, though, that's not what this is about. This is about UFC 228, which is now in the books. Um, let us get to the results right at the moment. Okay. Um, off the top of the break in your... Well, let's see. This took place at the American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I don't have any attendance figures just yet or any gate figures because obviously these are still fresh. But um, your main event, Tyron Woodley defeating Darren Till. Uh, he did this at 419 of the second round via Darce Choke. Let me say a couple things about the card generally. That is easily, easily a contender for card of the year. Um, not just UFC card of the year, but MMA card of the year for sure. He had a bit of a stinker with the Rivera-Dodson fight, but you had a finish in the welterweight fight. Um, you had a ridiculous finish in the co-main. You had another ridiculous finish in the feature fight with Megamed Shuripov and Davis. Again, Rivera-Dodson, not great. And then Al-Hassan versus Price ended in under a minute. Then you go to the preliminary card. Tatiana Suarez looked incredible. Aljamain Sterling looked good. Jeff Neal looked <laughs> ridiculous KO. Uh, Darren Stewart had a great win over Charles Bird. You go to the preliminary card. Diego Sanchez showed some life. Jim Miller showed some life. Uh, more than life, he just ran through Alex White. Uh, Irene Aldana looked pretty good. And then Jared Brooks had a sort of a ho-hum win. But point being is, the card generally, that is easily, easily, easily a fight of the year, excuse me, a, a card of the year contender. And I made this point before. I know they're showing ads for UFC 229. UFC 229 is going to be very good for mixed martial arts. I'm excited to see it, as you guys are as well. I'll be there in Las Vegas to cover it. But the point being is as follows. Um, I don't think the card tonight did very well. All the metrics I'm looking at don't necessarily speak to a card that's going to be killing it in terms of viewership um, or pay-per-view buy numbers. And that's its own issue that deserves to be addressed. It does, people want to ignore that and say, well, it doesn't matter. Well, I suppose that it actually does. But I will say this. Nights like tonight, when a card like this is good and flies totally under the radar... That is the reward you get for being a hardcore fan. When the rest of the world misses it, you didn't, right? Your fandom is so tuned properly that you pick up on stuff like this, and this is your reward. Now, the truth is there's a lot of signal-to-noise problems where you're also catching a lot of bullshit events and bad fights too, but this is the reward, is that you know what excellence in MMA looks like, you know what value looks like, and if you were the one who made the point to watch tonight, you got rewarded for it. So pat on the back to everyone out there who made that call because um, what, what, a, what a fantastic, fantastic card this was. Almost top to bottom. Pretty goddamn close. Now, that out of the way. Your main event, Tyron Woodley taking on Darren Till, as I mentioned, winning at 419 of the second round. Now, Darren Till, as I recall, is 25 years old. And your champion, Tyron Woodley, is 36 years old. I had his coach, Dean Thomas, on my show, on my uh, SiriusXM radio show on Friday. 
And we talked a lot of, uh, about a number of different topics about when he believes Tyron would be the best welterweight of all time. Even he agrees he's not quite there yet, although I think he's probably third all time now. I still think Matt Hughes is probably number two, certainly St. Pierre number one. But you might want to put Woodley at number two at this point. Um, he has had a pretty decorated campaign. Um, but that's not what this discussion here is about with the till fight. What did I like about this? Going into this one, I wasn't sure really what to expect. I, I knew that Till might have a wrestling disadvantage, but um, I didn't think it'd be substantial, which I think you saw. The size difference was incredible. You saw Cormier. God, I was about to tweet it too. You're not going to believe me, but it's true. I was just about to tweet. I was like, those oh, those uh, outside trips are not working. Why were the outside trips not working? Because You'll notice, Tyron, whenever you have a body lock, a lot of people think a body lock should go right where your arms are, almost like a bench press. But really, that's not quite true. You want it almost behind the neck really high, and I don't like that. I don't have a lot of strength up there. I like it right when it's on their waistline, like a high belt line. Imagine they were wearing a weightlifting belt, putting your hands there, and then sucking their hips to yours. I actually prefer that. I feel like it's a very strong position. And when you do that, so you either go really high or you go really low, not necessarily in between. And when he was doing that, you notice he was trying to step over. Why didn't it work? Because the height differential was so substantial, he was almost having to climb on top, right? Rather than just sort of putting and, and stepping out at an angle and getting behind and then doing it. And Which isn't to say you couldn't do it with, a, with if you're a short person and the other person's taller. You still could. But it just requires a really appropriate angle setting, which you just can't get just going hip to hip the way that he did. Um, but you can get the inside uh, trip going hip to hip like that. In fact, it's perfect for it. You still have to set the angle when you do an inside trip. You can't just hook your leg and then pull them. It's actually a twist as you sit, right? That's actually how it works. But he was right in position for it, so it would have been fine. Um, but um, but neither here nor there. I thought the wrestling defense would be good enough, and it was. Um, and I knew Tyron has a lot of different skills, but you just... It just didn't, I don't know, like I didn't have a clear sense of what was going to happen. I knew, uh, if someone asked me, could you list the possibilities of all the different ways this could go? I could do it, you could do it. Wouldn't be necessarily a mystery. But I just didn't know which one would be the most likely one to emerge. I really didn't have a sense. So I was very nervous and, and excited about it. Tyron Woodley came out the gate firing, bro. Can we just put to bed this bullshit uh, nonsense about him being a boring fighter? Look, I've said it before. Did he have fights in the past? The Maya fight and then the certainly the second Woodley fight. The first Woodley, excuse me, the first um, Thompson, excuse me, the second Thompson fight. The first Thompson fight was fight of the night on UFC 205. So please forget all that. But the second one, the second one was was very very boring, and so was the Demi and Mayan fight. Demi and Mayan fight. But if you look at the larger body of work, it really doesn't support the the general notion that he's boring. It's just simply not true. From the Gaslam fight, the Don Cunningham fight, Jay Huron fight, Josh Koscheck fight. Now you had this one in there. The resume basically speaks to somebody who's pretty exciting. He had those two blips there that stand out. Certainly, I understand that. Plus, he comes out and he's a little bit antagonistic with the fan base. I get that as well. Um, but the, the reality is you have seen Maya be a little bit boring with Colby Covington. You've seen Maya being a little bit boring with uh, Kamara Usman and some other ones. And you've seen Darren Till have problems with Wonderboy Thompson and, and, and being boring. Like these, these things are not central to Woodley. They are, those things did happen, but they are spread out across a number of different fighters. And yes, you could also say that Tyron has been fighting in a way that was, um, you know, calculating for his own ends and a little bit... Risk averse is not quite the right word, but certainly not risk forward. But he was risk forward in this one. And in any case, it's not that his resume says that he's Vanderly Silva. I'm not saying that either, but that he's boring, but that he's like, you know, he's got the same rep as John Fitch or something. I mean, that seems insane to argue. It's really, really not fair. Even if I do agree that his pushback after UFC 214, I didn't agree with him saying that about the crowd either. Like, it's a spectator sport. And as a consequence, entertainment is going to be the defining function and value for the fans. If you don't deliver it to that to them, they're going to be upset. So I'm just trying to make a point about, generally speaking, is he a boring fighter? There, there, it's, a, it's, 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 a, it's a bankrupt bullshit argument and it needs to die. And I hope after tonight we certainly can bury at least part of it for some of the fan base. 
But in this one, I, I was like, man, what, what is he really going to do? You saw it in the Woodley fight. Excuse me, I say it again. You saw it in the Thompson fight. You're going to see it. You saw it again here with, with Darren Till. Um, he's able to find ways to land his right hand. Uh, in this particular context, it was pulling back and countering. Darren Till is so large, it's a big target. I think Woodley has, at least early, an explosive speed advantage that works both for his offense when he's coming forward for a takedown as well as pulling and then countering. He's got that. Um, and he's got good vision. Dean Thomas told me that. He's like, people just don't understand his vision. He sees things, and he can make a decision. So it's one thing to see what's happening, and then another to, to then make a decision based upon that, which is a fight IQ issue. But he's got, he's got all of it, man. He's a really, really, really good fighter. Good fight IQ, good strategy, good team, um, good genetics, right? Um, obviously, at 36, looking the way that he looks. He's got all those things and more. And uh, what the, the story to me was that he was just the one who... He took the bull by the horns from the, the opening bell. He got out there and set the tone immediately. He got right in Darren Till's face. He threw the overhand right. He got the double underhooks. He couldn't get the over... Um, couldn't get the outside trip, but he was out there trying, trying, trying. Um, uh, he was the one landing to the body. He was getting backed up a little bit, but for the most part, he was doing the one. He was the one that was, I think, landing everything. I think in the second round, maybe it was fight total, but certainly in the second round, I think they credited Till with two strikes landed. Two. Somebody just the veteran showed. I'm, I've got the more well-rounded skill set. Maybe Darren Till's the better striker, but he's the more well-rounded skill set. And I'm going to get out there and take the bull by the horns, being proactive. Just getting out there and, and and not letting this guy get confidence, not letting this guy develop momentum, not letting this guy get into a rhythm. As a Muay Thai striker, I bet Till's a bit of a rhythm striker, and that really would have paid dividends for him, and he just never, ever allowed it. So all, all the credit in the world to uh, to, 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 to Tara Woodley for doing that. Um, wild, man. Wild. So, okay, so he drops him with the right hand. Then what does he do? He gets on top. I thought he was going to finish him with those elbows, man. Credit to, to Darren Till for finding a way to get the knee and the shin and the hip. Push him away. He framed for an arm bar at one point. Um, ridiculous resiliency to hold on the way that he did. So I really take my hat off to him for that. So he hangs on. And the fight continues. And then here is when I knew it was going to be, be really bad for Darren Till. They were talking about it a little bit. So if you're underneath somebody, right? Let's say you're, uh, in Till's case, he's laying on his left hip. So my left hip is under your leg and my right leg is over your leg, right? That would be your left leg. And I have an, uh, an underhook on this side. You're going to be in trouble for the most part. That's a, that, I wouldn't call that an advantageous position if I'm still laying on my side. But if I get to an elbow and then to a hand and I begin to rise, now it becomes a bit of a problem for you. Um, so Till began to try that initially. So you can go up that way, and if you can't get that way, then you can scoop the other leg, and you can get underneath them. We've talked about this before with Eddie Bravo going against Marcelo Garcia. He had a problem. He couldn't get on top, and he couldn't get underneath. If I can get underneath you, now I can manipulate your weight a little bit and either roll back out on top from a deep half or something else. But it's either you want to be on top or you want to be underneath them, carry, manipulating them, floating them a little bit. And he, he, you could see him reaching for a little bit. He abandoned that, but he was still kind of covered up, tightly tucked under Tyron. He wasn't taking a lot of uh, 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 punishment. When I knew the fight was in trouble was when he stayed there, and now Tyron Woodley separated out. Did you guys see that? And they were talking about it because they were saying, oh, well, Woodley, um, Woodley is going to be able to have more space to throw an elbow which is true, but to me, that's not why it was the signifier that something was wrong with Darren Till. To me, the signifier there is if if I am giving, if I'm on top and I'm giving you space, you're the one on your side, you're Darren Till in this circumstance. If I'm giving you that and you're not getting to your feet, something is, there's a problem. Either you're injured or you're tired or you've simply consented to that position because there should be no reason why you couldn't get up immediately. Imagine giving that space to somebody like Demetrius Johnson. Right, where you're you're literally pressing their head away, uh, and then winding up with the other hand, they would be up in an in an instant, in an instant they'd be on their feet, and he wasn't. Now, I, I don't know why. I mean, he had just taken a tremendous beating. I'm not saying it's a character flaw. I'm simply saying tactically, that's a decision that you make. That I'm reading that, and I was like, oh, 
that's not good. That's bad body language there. Um, you should be dying to get to your feet at that point. If, I, if I'm not chest to chest to you any longer, and, and you previously had the underhook, so all I have is the wizard to keep you down, and I've let that go so I can fire, and you're not getting up, there's a problem. There's a problem. I'm not saying you will get up, but you didn't even try at that point. Uh, that, that tells me something went, went wrong. Um, with him again, either tired or hurt, combination of both, whatever. But that was when I knew Tyron was in was in full control. But I did not see the Dars coming because then he gets back into contact with him, and then you could see him, and he locked it up. Let me see if I can see myself so I can show this. You saw him lock it up, but he had one of these. Sorry, he had one of these numbers, which is if you ever tried one of those in practice, they're not quite. You can sometimes get them, but they're not that secure. You got to really, you got to really. You gotta drive it in and get right on that bicep, man. That's such a such a deeper hook. But you see him, you see him waddle his fingers kind of down there, and he kind of wrenched it with his own forearm. And then when he got it in, bro, I'm telling you, that thing must have been super tight. A guy like that, he must have a ridiculous fucking squeeze. And sure enough, put it on him, son. Put absolutely put it on him, and the guy tapped unbelievable i gotta tell you that is a fantastic performance from tyron woodley and everyone's gonna say the ufc was upset by that yeah they maybe they were they had a promo for him darren till i guess it was done by bt sport that was incredible incredible uh there wasn't one for tyron woodley you know so i saw folks being like well ufc must be upset by this in the end man tyron woodley did him a solid to be quite honest with you Number one, you still have a champion who can go back and do all your Fox Sports stuff, which is relatively small in the larger scheme of things, but not nothing. But really the most important one is you still have the Covington and uh, Woodley fight. Now, Covington has lost his title, but he can still make it about Ty Quill and all the terrible things he's been saying and all the Make America Great Again stuff. You can do all of that still. You can do all of that still. So he didn't call him out. He didn't ratchet up the tension. Um, I guess we'll see what the UFC actually decides to do, but he did it. He bailed him out in the end because if Till had won, you could still have done the Woodley versus Covington fight, but it wouldn't have meant nearly the same thing. So uh, in the end, the, this is actually a bit of a good result. A couple more points about this main event. Number one, everyone was kind of getting bitter at Big Dan for the separations. I was not, and I, I, I'll go back to it. Yes, Woodley had control. As I mentioned, he, he wasn't middle. I think he, a couple times he went high, but most of the time he went right around waist to waist, which to me, I mean, just think about it. Get a gable grip and try, you know, you, the further away your elbows are from your body, the, 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 how do I say this, the less strong you get. But if your elbows are by your side and then you kind of scoop your belly button a little bit, man, that's a really strong position. So when he got down there, that was fine, but you could see like going and trying to climb over into an outside trip. It's never going to work, and I think Big Dan recognized it. And frankly, I just believe as a general rule, and I recognize that everyone disagrees with this. That's okay. Personally, I believe as a general rule, I want to see referees be more proactive. By proactive, I do not mean interrupting action, which I think people view this as. But to me, interrupting takedown attempts that have virtually no chance of working while holding a, a tight waist lock, which is very hard to break with double underhooks, is not interfering. In fact, it's promoting action. But that's a matter of interpretation. It's an argument that I have to make over time, and no one will disagree with, or no, no one will agree with right now. Um, but in the end, I don't think it really matters for the fight anyway. Uh, second part is Darren Till. Darren Till is 25 years old. It would be I, every time somebody loses like this, you'd be like, "Oh, was he now Francis Ngannou? He was totally overhyped." No, I don't think he was totally overhyped. He got this fight a little bit early. You'll recall he beat uh, Wonderboy Thompson very controversially. I think I scored the fight for him. No, I think I scored it for Wonderboy, but barely. I, I don't mind the the loss necessarily for for Wonderboy there, but it, pretty close. And more to the point, um, you know, he missed weight pretty considerably, and so you have to say, "Well, is this somebody really deserving of that?" Um, that's a bit of a different question than is he, let's say he had made weight, would he still deserve it? You know, 25 years old, has your skill set really matured enough? Probably not. Um, so if he can really go back to the drawing board here, I still think he can do big things. If he can continue to make weight at 170, I think he can probably be a championship contender, maybe even a champion one day. But Tyron Woodley is, is one of the best welterweights to ever do it, and, and that's not a small thing. 
It's not a small thing at all. It's very, very hard to win in that division. And look who he's beating, man. He's beating very, very tough guys. Robbie Lawler, Wonderboy, Demi and Maya, and now this. It's, it's pretty remarkable. Very, 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 very solid resume for Tyron Woodley. Still some more work to do, in my judgment, to beat Matt Hughes. And a very long way from getting anywhere close to um, George St. Pierre. But, you know, if you're even in the in sniffing distance of those guys, you're doing some pretty incredible work. Let's be very clear about that. All right. Um, let's see. Again, donate in the Super Chat, and I'll get to your questions a little bit later. By the way, let me pull this up because I can't see nothing. Salute. I know what I'm saying wrong. Oof. All right. Yes, that's Beam and Diet. They cowling me. All right, phone's blowing up. All right, your co-main event. <laughs> what do you want to say about that, man? Jessica Andrade. Fuck. Beating Karolina Kovalkiewicz at 158 of the first round, man. There was a moment there. I think I'm with you guys, right? Maybe I could be wrong, but Karolina Kovalkiewicz is getting, I mean, Andrade is going to work on her. But then for just a moment, just a moment, it slows. And Kovalkiewicz is finding some moments. And she's she's getting hit a little bit still, too. But she's landing way back. You know, she's snapping the head back. She's putting a couple of shots together, you know. You're like, all right, Kovalkiewicz is going to weather the storm. She's like balls out tough. And then Andrade lands that bomb of a fucking right hand. You ever seen how they the talk? Uh, uh, scientists, uh, biologists will talk about some of the strongest land animal, animals on Earth. And they'll always point to insects, in particular the ant. The ant lifts some astronomical amount of... Um, weight relative to its own body but you never really respect that because you're like well it's still a fucking ant like it's still the thing that just gets stuck in the bottom of the you know my Colin Kaepernick <laughs> Nikes or whatever the hell you're wearing on your feet you just you can you can appreciate the mathematical proportion but it's still something like this creature is so puny relative to my size that it's hard to it's hard to really appreciate that Jessica Andrade is like an ant on the, you know, remember in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, everything got small, but then the other one was like every, everything got blown up. I think in the, in the sequel, it's like that. It's like an ant that was brought to like human form, and how strong she is. Recall that this is her second weight class. She actually started back at one thirty-five, and at one thirty-five, that's the weight class of Ronda Rousey and whatnot. In fact, she fought, I believe, didn't she fight Liz Carmouche, and she was stronger than Liz Carmouche, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, could be wrong about that, right? No, I'm right. In 2013, bro, in 2013, she was out there bossing them around. So finally, she gets her diet, and I've seen her in person. Like she's obviously like you know well muscled, but not not crazy or anything. Whatever. Neither here nor there. Uh, she drops down two weight classes, and now look at her. Uh, it, it is she she is pound for pound in terms of like the physical presence that she lords over her contemporaries in that weight class she might have the greatest physical advantage in the entire UFC and I, I say that fully recognizing what kind of a beast Tatiana Suarez is which we'll talk about a little bit later on this uh, program Jessica Andrade went out there and just went to work on her someone was calling her um, shouts to the Grubaka hitman they were calling her um, Wandraj like instead of Wander, uh, Vanderlei, they were, or you know Vondraj, I guess you want to say it. Uh, that that's really what it was. She got out there and was just crushing Kovalkiewicz, and again getting out there, being proactive, taking the bull, uh, the, the 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 fight, um, the bull by the horns, and 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 really controlling the fight from the get go, seeking it out, and, and and it paid off. And I think in the end, Kovalkiewicz, if you could give her a little bit of distance really is the far superior striker. And if they were fighting in boxing gloves, I bet Kovalkiewicz would probably win um, where things like ring generalship really mattered if it was like, let's say, four 90-degree angles. Um, and you, know, you could really work behind a jab. But in MMA, where you have these tiny gloves and power is where she has already big power, is even more amplified. You know, they were talking about the broadcast. I'm not sharing anything new, but for a, a woman at 115 pounds to throw a one-hitter quitter like that, I mean, literally, I don't think I've seen that before. I mean, I'm sure it's happened, but I'm just saying, not 
not in the UFC, not like that, and certainly not in a now promoted co-main event. Otherworldly power. All of a sudden, I should say all of a sudden, but especially after tonight, women's 115 is crazy. And yes, of course, Andrade deserves the title shot against Rose Namajunas. Man, Rose Namajunas got that... Uh, well, she got the title shot against Ioana and Jacek, wins, gets comes back, uh, beats her again. But it is out of the frying pan and into the fire. Because you're probably going to have to fight that Visigoth next. And then after that, if Tatiana Suarez keeps going, you probably have to fight her too. And I don't know that I like Rose against either of those ladies, to be perfectly honest with you. That, those are very tough fights. In fact, my judgment is that the fight to make... And I don't know who's going to win, but the fight to make is certainly Rose Namajunas, the champion versus challenger Jessica Andrade. I just think her resume at this point—it's how can you deny her? But I, 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 in the back of my mind, the fight that I still see as one where the two fighters are on a collision course is going to be Suarez versus Andrade. Um, Andrade, I would give the physical edge to, and Suarez, I would give the massive technical edge to. But what, what, how would that would matter when they ultimately meet up? Would be you know. Subject of debate, but goddamn Jessica Andrade, it's like uh, she's got that Freddie Serrano strength, true human brute power that is so. If you can apply it correctly and diligently and forthrightly and um, a little bit viciously, not angrily, not the same thing. Angrily is kind of just sort of this rage. She doesn't rage. She applies consistent pressure, but she's not out there angry. She's not Frank Camachoing it or something, you know, right? Like, it's a little bit different. If you can do that and you've got those kinds of natural gifts, look out, man. Like, it's it's going to be it's gonna be very hard for someone else to, to, to stand up to that. You'd have to match her in the wrestling department or somehow match her in strength or tie her up or get her tired or, you know, do what... Uh, Jen check did where you're really good and diligent about keeping distance, but I think Andrade has improved. Could 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 Jacek do that again? I wouldn't count her out, but could she do it again as easily as she did it the first time? Because she kind of cruised in that fight by the fifth round. Mm, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. That would be very interesting to see. I think Andrade has gotten a lot better about finding ways on the inside. Still a little bit clunky. And still taking a little bit of damage, but not not in the same way she did before. Um, all right, give the video a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. I appreciate that when you do. All right, a couple more fights we'll discuss here: Zabit Magomed Sharapov defeating Brandon Davis. They're calling it a modified knee bar. Um, I'm going to call it a Sulawev stretch at 3:46 of the second round. I didn't think. Uh, I know some folks have been like, "Well, is Zabit really that guy?" To me, he's a little bit too committed to the tight waist. But he's so he's so nimble from it, and now you can see him beginning to add things from it, including um, you know he'll he'll get you to drive your weight forward as you lean back, then he trips you and takes you the opposite direction. So he's really he's getting much better about directionality with it. You saw that in the last fight too, but in particular in this one as well, um, he was a little bit lackadaisical in the first round. Hard to tell if he was just sitting there saying I want some cage time, and so I'm just going to let Brandon Davis kick my leg, or maybe he was having real trouble. A little bit unclear doesn't matter. Once the fight became a grappling contest, it was over for him. He was getting trademark. Again, he's really good about that tight waist. And again, notice where he's putting it. He's not putting it center of the ribs. He may he, he may go high, but he typically likes it right around that belt line. Because um, that's just where, you're, that's where you have the most power. Even if you want to lift somebody, you have to control them, attach their hips to yours, pop your hips, and then they go up. Yeah? You have to lift them simultaneously. But point being is... Um, he was able to do that a couple times. <coughs> he was able to spike Brandon Davis on his head once. Um, but really the difference was he took the back. And uh, he slouches a little bit. Like there are times where he takes the back and it almost looks like a collegiate ride. In a collegiate ride, you'll have your hands clasped, either C-grip or gable grip, depending on what kind of leverage you want to uh, promote. And you want to force their weight forward so that they have to get on their hands to hold themselves and then use their weight to push back, right? You want them, you want their hands on the mat. That's what you're looking for. There's a lot of things you can do from there, and then you can leg ride from there. And from there, you can do I mean, all kinds of stuff. In jiu-jitsu, you can take the back. You can scoop the leg. You can, you can roll them forward. You can do I mean, all kinds of stuff you can do. Um, but in any case, he took the back, and then how did he get the final choke? You, could saw, you saw him 
trying to dig for um, the right arm side of the, the, the choke. He couldn't quite get it, but he gets enough here. I think he either grabbed his own shoulder or held position and then reached behind the leg and then pulled them both together, right? Collapsed the space. From there, he rolls over his right shoulder. Why is that important? Because if you try to roll, if you try to, if you're collapsing that side, you're, you're taking away that base of the triangle. So you actually want to roll into it because that's the weakest point, right? That allows you to like pull up the space. If you try to roll the other way, the brace is still there, so that wouldn't work. So collapse the space, roll into the open space, and then he comes out on his uh, side, and then he rolls to his back. Well, why is that important? Because now you've slid from behind the hamstrings to the top of the ankle, but you're on your back. Well, if I'm on top of you, I, I can still push my hips forward, but I might lose a little position. It might be hard to just control everything. But if I'm on my back and I've got you wrapped up nice and tight and I've got the, 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 the heel all wrapped up now i can arch i can pull into everything remember i've attached your leg to my body now i can drive everything into it yeah so it just gave him maximum space to drive his hips in to pull his elbows back it just created all the all the necessary conditions spatially to make that submission work if you're trying to do it on top yes you can do it kenny robertson did it in fact it's called the sulawev stretch um uh, sulawev did it right in the similar position it can be done in fact that's how it traditionally has been done but this is sort of a new adaptation take him roll him off of his base make him uncomfortable have a nice tight grip on him and then give yourself the space you need to maximally push in to get that it's just it's just next level shit man it's like the it's the very definition of next level shit that is that is what that is it's taking something that somebody did that was very interesting and then slowly iterating it over time and then adding certain details to it to secure it to make it more high percentage all those things that's what he did so um he called out chad mendez after the fight i don't know exactly if they'll do that if that's a fight that they want to see i'm all in on that in fact what are the rankings as i speak to you now might as well should have pulled that up earlier i apologize UFC.com. Sorry, I can't see anything. Rankings. Uh, okay, for featherweight, Zabit is at 15, and Chad's at five. Well, they might not do that, but I hope they do, because that would be really, really fun to see. Um. All right, hold on. There's just a bunch of stupid people tweeting. All right. Let's see. They may not do that. I guess if he's at 15, he'll probably jump to around 13 or 12. They might do the winner of Frankie Edgar. Well, Frankie Edgar is his teammate. But maybe if Chance and Jung wins, they might do that. Maybe Mirsad Bektich. Even Josh. Well, Josh Evans is going to be out for a while. Cub Swanson's a possibility. But Chad Mendes seems like a little a little bit out of reach. In any case, I know there's been some questions about Zabit, and I still think he's got commitments to certain positions where, yes, he's strong, but against better opposition, it's a question about how strong will he be able to be, even with that being his primary area of ability. Um, I guess we'll see, but damn. He's so nasty. He's so nasty, and you can see he's getting better every time. And I honestly feel like... I don't want to disrespect Brandon Davis and say, oh, Magomed Sharapov took it easy. He didn't take it easy, but I don't know. I didn't feel like he was really pushed in this one. Uh, Jimmy Rivera defeating John Dodson, unanimous decision, 230-27s and 129-28. Not really sure what to say. Jimmy Rivera took center. He was just a little bit better about being proactive. He, he had... He throws fewer hooks. He threw shots down the middle a little more often. The leg kicks were going the entire time. Uh, I don't recall takedowns being, or even takedown attempts being a big part of the fight for either guy. Um, not a whole lot to speak about other than just Rivera was a little bit more proactive, a little bit more accurate, and a little bit more linear. And then Abdul Razak Al-Hassan defeating Nico Price at 43 seconds. Nico Price is one of these guys that just finds ways to win constantly, but that onslaught from Al-Hassan, I think all of his KO wins are all first round. Let's see. Does he have any wins... Uh, let's see. No, all of his wins are first round. 
<laughs> well, they're all also KO or TKO, but all of his wins are first round, literally. That's just who he is. The guy has just incredible power, incredible speed, incredible explosion, and it's going to be very hard for a lot of guys to stand up to that. If you can, there's a question about what kind of a second or third round fighter that he is, but certainly in that capacity, um, he, he's a tough challenge. Uh, let's see. From your preliminary card, I won't go through all of this. In fact, very little of it. There's just two people. Well, I thought Aljamain Sterling had a great win over Cody Stamen. Not just a great finish. There was two Sulawev stretches on this card, um, which was incredible. But how about a Jeff Neal? Incredible win over Frank Camacho. Parrying with the right, kind of faking with the left, getting Camacho to lean, and then throwing the head kick from that side so that as Cam- Camacho thinks he's slipping a punch, and as he slips it, He's just leaning into the kick. Kaboom. Uh, wow. Vicious, vicious stuff from Jeff Neal. As I mentioned, Darren Stewart. Had, Darren Stewart, oh my God, dude. MMA is so, high-level MMA is so unforgiving. Charles Bird was doing everything right, and then literally they were clinched. And as they were slipping apart, a tiny little fraction of a window, Darren Stewart landed an elbow. It's not a hard one, too. He didn't, like, jam it. Just kind of like caught him as the two were separating on a clinch break. He didn't keep his hand up on one side. And uh, Darren Stewart saw it and recognized it. And from there, he got rocked. And then from, you know, Stewart poured it on after that. It's like, dude, it, 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 is, so, it is so hard to be good at MMA. It is so hard to, to um, not make yourself and the human body so fragile because it is so naturally fragile. It is so difficult to find... Uh, a way through all the different challenges that somebody can present to you. It is ceaselessly difficult. Ceaselessly. And I feel bad for Charles Burt, but at the same time, you feel great for Darren Stewart because what a, what a phenomenal, like, he, he his, I thought his takedown defense was good, but a little bit rehearsed. And so if it's rehearsed, then you have to sort of be queued up before you can really bring it to life, which means it's not instinctual. And if it's not instinctual, that means you have to kind of mute your own offense because you can't live in that moment. But he didn't get too far off course, right? Like, he was a little bit offensively muted, but he wasn't going in some wild direction. He was just kind of staying the, stay in the, sp- the space. And uh, one tiny mistake, and then he could bring everything else to life. Ridiculous, dude. MMA is ridiculous. Um, as I mentioned, Aljamain Sterling, a fantastic win. Tatiana Suarez, dude. Joe Rogan was saying, well, you know, wrestling is such a dominant skill set, and that's true, but that's really not what the qualifier here is. That matters. Yes, wrestling is important, but Carlos Spars is a wrestler, so why was she so fucked in this one? It, the answer is because there's wrestling, then there's elite wrestling, and when you get elite wrestling, you get elite athletes. A lot of these MMA fighters are like, oh, I took up fighting in my in my 20s. Like, un- understand something. Um, if you're not a soccer fan, you won't appreciate this, but you just need to listen to me, and if you are, you'll understand this. If you're 15 years old and you decide at like it's 15 or 16 that you want to get into soccer and you or football if you're a European watching this and you want to be a um, you know I want I want to be one of the highest level pros in soccer it's it's too late for you it's too late you needed all those years before that to get good enough that by 16 you wouldn't necessarily go and play for a high level pro team but that you'd be on the path and the various stages um, of where you would need to be by that point. Like, if you just decided up at 16 years old, I'm going to go play soccer and I'm going to be a high-level pro, I mean, maybe if you're super athletic, you can make some, like, bullshit team and some bullshit league, but you won't be you won't be one of the best. It's, it's, too, it's, it's already too late. Why? Because there are so many people. Uh, the, the participatory rate is so high, and the levels are so deep, and the amount of competition is so severe and the amount of uh, time that people have spent already by the age of 15 or 16, they've already got eight years in. You've lost all that that you can't get back. We're talking about incredibly important developmental years. Uh, I'm not saying wrestling is like that. What I am saying is if you're an Olympic caliber, which is what she was, a wrestler, you've been wrestling your whole life, so you've gotten to a certain point at a worldwide sport with a very high participatory rate, and you're one of the better ones there, you're probably going to be a very good tactician, and you're probably going to be a super high-level athlete, a super high-level athlete. And that's what you're seeing. It's like, oh, is wrestling a great martial art in MMA? Well, yeah, of course. Carla Sparza was a former champion. She proves that. But Carla Sparza is here. Tatiana Sparza is here because she's Olympic caliber. And that's the amount of, you know, if you're a lifelong athlete, you've been an athlete since you were a single-digit person, 
in terms of age, dude, you're just a different, and you did it at an international level. It's it's just it's a it's a completely different ball game. It's a completely different ball game with who they are. When they lock up with you, it is not the same. It's not the same at all. And so so you know people are like oh well wrestling is great and I agree Rogan's right wrestling is great like I don't disagree but that's not what really is the defining feature of understanding Tatiana Suarez. The defining feature is that she's a uh, not just a great not just a wrestler a very high level wrestler especially in women's MMA where a lot of people didn't wrestle at all. And in men's wrestling, which is men's MMA, a lot of them wrestled Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, high school, something. Um, in women's MMA, you get a lot less of that. So that fact that she's a wrestler at all is important. And then she was a super high-level one, which naturally uh, means uh, concordantly that uh, she's also a very high-level athlete. And different ballgame. Completely different ballgame. Um, Diego Sanchez and Jim Miller sort of staving off uh, death for one more um, fight. Diego Sanchez, I mean, Craig White showing, I, I, I don't mean to be disparaging, but terrible fight IQ. Um, certainly in that third round, I was like, it, it, it seemed to me that if he could stay on the feet, he probably could have knocked out Diego, but he had almost no ability to do so. Jim Miller, what a great win for him. You know, that old dog can still hunt. Um, and then, as I mentioned before, Aldana beating Pudilova, and then Brooks beating um, Roberto Sanchez. Okay, let's go to the questions, and I will get them. Remember, leave a uh, leave a donation in the super chat. All right. There's a donation from Kalaniak. Thank you, Kalaniak. There's a donation from David Sandine. Thank you. From Sebastian Fisher, who says Chipotle is greater than Taco Bell. All right. There's one from uh, If Manzo 89 Thanks for all your hard work. Appreciate it. Thank you. Um, why do you think Woodley is so good? This is from uh, Notorious VC. Why do you think Woodley is so good coming off long layoffs? He beat Lawler after 18 months off until after 13 months off. That's a great question. Um, time to focus on one person, although that fight got announced kind of late. Certainly healing his body. It seems to be a big one. Coming back refreshed, right? He has less ring rust and more refreshment. Um, you know, I would say it's all time to be focused around a particular individual or a task, but as I mentioned, this one got put together rather hastily. Yeah, it must just be physically he has time to reset, reset his camp, figure things out. Hey, what what have we, what have we been doing that maybe needs to change? Oh, let's tweak that. You know, Tyron Woodley, um, you guys, I, I don't know how you feel about him. I know a lot of people piss, get pissed off by some of his opinions or things that he says, but let's take a step back for a second. What do you think of him as an analyst on Fox or Fox Sports 1? Forget your opinion about him as a fighter or anything else. What do you think about him? I think that he's one of the best ones they've got. He's like incredible at it, right? He's like super, super good. So, um, you just get a sense of how bright he is. Maybe with the time off, he doesn't just heal, in this particular case, his shoulder or something else along those lines, but that he also begins to rethink, hmm, you know what? Maybe we did something in our camp related to training and programming that needs to be adjusted in this particular way, and maybe I learned something else from my time off that I could bring in here. Um, if you're a sustained and, and, and uh, active martial artist, there's certain things you pick up in the middle of that. There's a skill acquisition that you can just sort of retain through. Right? You pick it up through skill acquisition through non-camp uh, training, and then you put it into a camp to make it part of repetition, and that grows the overall ability to um, bring offense or defense to life. There's, that's that as well. It, I, I'd have to ask him. I'd have to ask him. It's a great question. It's a really great question. Uh, Till has physical attributes to win these fights easily. Do you think his training is not up to scratch? Considering Darren thinks he can outsmart. Um, you can have the physical attributes, but if you don't have the skill sets or the sort of competitive wherewithal to bring them into to bear, it doesn't really matter. As I mentioned before, I, I, I do think Till is championship material down the line, but... Um, just the way he like the way that Tyron went out there and set the tone, as I mentioned before, it really, to me, feels like he got... Startled's not the right word, but if someone goes out there and does that, maybe you as a competitor, you're not rattled. Oh, like, oh, I'm fucking frightened. It's not that exactly. But a lot of times when a competitor does that in an exchange, 
what ends up happening is that subconsciously you're like, okay, well, this is a dance and I'll counter and you lead. Or I'll just somehow let you do this and then I'll react to it. And it can be, it can be a totally um, subconscious thing. And you shouldn't get in that kind of mind frame. You, if, if, if your game plan was that you need to be the aggressor, then you have to stick with that. And it sounds obvious, well, that was the game plan. Why wouldn't you do it? Maybe it wasn't the game plan. I don't know. But I, I do know I've talked to a number of fighters who are like, I had this plan. They came out aggressive. And I just decided to change the plan. But I didn't change it like consciously. I just kind of reacted to it in the moment. Um, it could be that, which comes also with experience. You know, He's got a fair amount of experience, but not at this level. Not against guys this good. So that could be part of it as well. He just needs some seasoning, guys. He just needs some seasoning. He is very good. Um, I thought. Was, I thought. I thought. I think the size differential, if he can keep make, making weight, will do him some, uh, win him some fights. Um, but I, I just think he needs to be a little bit more proactive without being reckless. And I think he's still trying to navigate that space. How do I get in someone's face without getting overly in somebody's face? And if you're still worried about wrestling takedown, like if he was super confident in his wrestling takedown ability, like look at Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor, man, dude, he gets in your face, <laughs> right? And he puts pressure on guys. Did you see Till putting pressure on Woodley like that? Because I didn't, you know? And that, and, and then, and you know, Conor's obviously a very special fighter. Not everybody can be Conor McGregor. I'm just pointing out, like, what, what, a, what a clear scenario looks like where Eddie Alvarez, is Eddie Alvarez a better wrestler than Conor McGregor? Yes, he is. I, I still fundamentally believe that. But if I can get in your face and pressure you and make you take shots from way outside and I can land on you in, in, the, in the, and not only stop your shot, but I can land on you in the meantime, then your wrestling advantage is not only not an advantage, it's, it's irrelevant. 5'9", excellence. Big, tall, goofies have no chance. Just like when DC cracked six foot four, Stipe's glass jaw. Ha ha. I don't know what that means. All right. There's a dude who is pretending to be uh, Harvey Weinstein. He goes, Luke, it takes a professional like myself to see talent in another. I'm happy to see a youthful version of myself advancing in their career. Some constructive criticism. <laughs> Your studio needs a potted plant. <laughs> a potted plant. That's good. Uh, on a serious note, have Frank Shamrock on Sirius. By the way, if you want to try Sirius for free, there's a link in the description box below. You can click on it and you can try it for free for the folks out there. Um, Anyway, Claudia left Brazil and her physique clearly changed. I don't really care. Till got one punch in. LOL trash, not trash. Uh, let's see. Do your spidey senses, I think you mean my PED. Do your PED spidey senses go off on Andrade's build? They would ordinarily, but the fact that she was such a tank at 135, not, look, anything's possible. I don't really know, but... Not obviously. You know where my PED spidey senses go off? I don't know what's happening, but um, something's not right. I don't know who's involved, but something's not right when Tom Brady gets real antsy about his trainer. Uh, Alex Guerrero, I think is his name. You ever seen that go happening? I don't, I don't know who's taking what or not taking what, but that one is a little bit dicey. Um. Terry Troublecock, if that's the real Terry Troublecock, OG Terry Troublecock, uh, dropping in two bucks. Says, hi Luke, just wanted to drop in and say hi, good work tonight. If that's the real Terry, y'all don't even y'all don't even know about Terry Troublecock. He's been out here being a promoter for before any of any of us were watching MMA. Um, so if Terry's watching, shouts to Terry, man. One one of the uh, one of the uh, pillars. Of the sport for sure. Uh, anybody else? Anybody else? Uh, I don't believe so. Let me refresh this. Well, actually, I don't want to refresh this because then I'll lose it. Uh, anything else? Anything else? All right. I think that's about it. All right, boys and girls. 49 minutes in. Oh, wait. There is one more. Uh, should Till go to middleweight? Sorry if you already addressed this. No, why would he go to why would he go to middleweight? He he it was able to make he didn't lose tonight because of anything related to weight or weight cutting. In fact, to me, the fact that 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 Woodley had so much trouble with the takedown 
was evidence of that the size carries significant advantage for him. So no. Eventually, it seems inevitable. But tonight, no. No, no. I don't, I don't agree with that at all. Off topic, but do you think Connor's BJJ brown belt plays into the Habib fight? Sure. Sure. But a brown belt it can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different instructors. Um, are you a guard? You can be a brown belt who's a very terrible... Like, you got DJ Jackson. DJ, DJ Jackson's a black belt. He's not much of a guard player, right? So you can still be a black belt and be a top control guy. You can be a black belt and be a bottom control person. And to say you still have pretty good abilities, but everyone's got their strengths and weaknesses competitively. Um, so yes, a brown belt is under John Kavanaugh is very legit, but how will it matter? It's hard to say. I mean, to me, it mattered in the Nate Diaz fight. We saw him hit the kudu kudu guard, which is when you get the blade of the not the not the not the not the, not the bottom of the foot or the top or even the instep. When you get the blade of the foot and you put it like right where the crotch is, right where the leg meets the hip, and then you lift and then he hit the a sweep. One of Salo Hibero's guys do that. And he did it. Um, so to me, actually, it might be more as a guard player, but hard to say. Uh, take a shot before the end of the chat, Luke. Hello from Canada. Miss your live streams after good cards. Keep it coming. Yeah, I won't do them for all of them, but I'll probably do them for pay-per-views. I, I got to get this channel back on track. The major objection to me is that like... I've got so much fucking work, guys. I spend I spend uh, sixteen hours a week just on trains, um, you know. And then I and then I'm not I'm not out here digging ditches for crying out loud. But you know, it's a lot of travel for on only two days. Um, I'm tired all the time. You know, it's just really hard for me to like get things going. But I want to get this channel back on track. I just need to find a way to record video and get it on here quickly. I don't have time to fuck around with it. So that's that, but uh, I will I will do more to get this back going. I I I'm, I promise you, um, it will happen. So just gotta figure out what that is. But for pay per views, I'll definitely do this. I might do one next week. We'll see. For Triple G versus Canelo, we'll see. But um, either way, thank you guys so much for watching. Like the video, subscribe to the channel below, and by the way, uh, watch the MMA Hour on Monday noon East Coast time. MMA fighting. Nico Montagna is going to be there. Probably Shevchenko, Eddie Bravo. And I'm hoping to get... We'll see what happens with Tyron Woodley. It's a little bit dicey, but I, I'm, 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 I'm hopeful. Um, but I can't guarantee that part. I, the other ones I've already locked in, but we, we... I mean, the guy just won, so I don't know how that's going to go. Plus, the time frames are narrow, and God only knows, right? And then if you want to listen to my SiriusXM show, people are like, oh my God, what happened to your content? I do, I do freaking 15 hours of radio a week. If you want to try it for free... Description box below. Pump the link and you can sign up. You get like, I think, a week free, something like that. Go, hear it for yourself. Take the Pepsi Challenge. I promise you, you won't regret it. All right? Thank you guys so much for watching. Until next time, drink up, be merry, and get some sleep.